Hello, Spirit and Truth Worship Center. I'm so happy you could join me for this podcast. I'm Paul Cobb, an associate pastor at Spirit and Truth Worship Center. And over the next several minutes, I'd like to share some insight on practicing contentment. If ever we're going to learn to be content, we must live with the confident expectation that the best is yet to come. My scripture reading is in the English Standard Version of the Holy Bible. Philippians, which is found in the New Testament, chapter 4 and verse 11, the last half of that verse reads, For I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. It wasn't very long ago that we were facing varying degrees of lockdown and restriction on our private and our public lives. Now we can all admit that some of these were very sensible. But even now, as we're seeing a lifting of some of those restrictions, there is still some some discontentment and grumbling at what is still being restricted. Yes, we know the lockdown is only temporary. Yes, a vaccine is now available. Yes, our leaders indicate that there will be some return to normalcy in the summer. And yes, the situation could be worse. And while I realize that, I still find I feel like grumbling at what is still being restricted to me. Thomas Manton describes grumbling as the scum of discontent. I want to say that again. The scum of discontent. Can we all say, ouch? According to Jeremiah Burroughs, discontent is an unwillingness to submit to and delight in God's wise and fatherly disposal in every condition. So if we put that all together, we discover the following. The cause of our grumbling isn't the pandemic, nor is it the restrictions that are imposed by provincial government, nor, for that matter, is it any other circumstance in life. The cause of grumbling isn't anything that's happening to us or around us. The cause of grumbling is what's going on in our hearts. We grumble because we struggle with discontent. And we struggle with the discontent because we refuse to submit to our Heavenly Father in every circumstance of life. Let's go back and read our scripture. Philippians 4 and 11. I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I want to be able to say that. I want you to be able to say that. And so here's my question for you today. How can we learn to be content even with what's going on? Before I go on, let me be clear on what I'm not doing on this podcast. I'm not critiquing any policy regarding lockdown or restriction. I'm not addressing any serious long-term problems or struggles that these restrictions create. Now, these are important, and we should think seriously about them. But what I'm doing here is I want to consider how I, as a Christian, can mortify my tendency to grumble or to vent, complain, or murmur when things get difficult or unpleasant. So again, here's my question. How can we learn to be content, even with what's going on? 
First, we must practice thankfulness. Philippians 3 and 1 tells us, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Now for this rejoicing to happen, the gospel must occupy center stage in our lives. Nothing else can be there but the gospel. And we need to remember that God is devising our rescue from sin and death. And we need to remember what Christ accomplished on Calvary and remember how God brought us to saving faith in Christ. And we need to remember God's gift of His Spirit and His Word to us and remember how God has protected and preserved us in ways we don't even realize. And we need to remember how God has provided us with life and breath, food and drink, shelter, provision. Thomas Watson warns, Discontent is an ungrateful sin because we have far more mercies than afflictions. Wow! If ever we're going to learn to be content, we must consciously and consistently turn ourselves to numbering our blessings and practicing thankfulness. How many of you could start right now naming all your blessings? I'm sure you wouldn't finish before dawn came and you had to go to work or you go to school. It would, it would take so much time to, to number the blessings that God has given to you. Second, we must cultivate heavenly mindedness. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 tells us, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Many found out that investments can evaporate, houses can crumble, jobs can disappear, relationships sour, or even health fail. But hope is the confident expectation of glory based on the unchanging word of God. Romans 8 tells us, if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And that hope is fixed on the return of Christ, the resurrection from the dead, and the full and final deliverance from sin. Hope is what makes this future certainty a present reality. And this becomes a light that penetrates even the darkest shadows, the darkest night. We know that this hope is immune to what's going on. It's immune to illness and every threat, every grief, worry, or challenge, and every loss. Isn't that glorious? If we're ever going to learn to be content... We must live with the confident expectation that the best is yet to come. Third, we must trust God's providence. In Philippians 1.29, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in Him, but also suffer for His sake. This is a very difficult concept to grasp. God granted to those early believers that they should suffer for Christ's sake. Now we suffer we suffer because He cares for us. We suffer because He has already figured out how to redeem us and save us and protect us. So, if ever we're going to learn to be content, we must impress the wonder of God's provincial care deep within our hearts. Fourth, we treasure Christ. Philippians 1.21 says, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. 
if we play displace disproportionate value upon the things of this world, they will eventually capture our heart. And the problem is they can't satisfy us because they're not designed to satisfy us like Jesus Christ is. Jeremy Burrell writes, the reason you have no contentment in the things of this world isn't because you don't have enough of them, but because you can't satisfy your immortal soul. You're like a man who tries to satisfy his hunger by opening his mouth to swallow the wind. He thinks the reason he's still hungry is because he hasn't swallowed enough of the wind. Christ alone is of the greatest value. He is the greatest good. He's the closest friend, the richest grace, the highest honor, and the kindest comfort. He's the deepest truth and the sweetest love that you will ever find. And if we're ever going to learn to be content, we must esteem all things in comparison to Christ's inestimable worth. Can you pray that prayer today that you have learned in whatsoever situation you find yourself to be content? I pray you memorize this scripture, put it into your heart, and say it every day so that you understand what true contentment is in Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm so thankful for your people. I'm so thankful for their faith and their perseverance. I pray you honor that faith and you begin to open their hearts and their minds to see just how valuable you are and that you bring true commitment while other things around us are going on. We know that you have provided and that you care. I pray your blessings and your comfort upon your people. In Jesus' name, amen.